Well, I hope you packed a lunch, boys. This is going to be a long one. Sean B. So I learned something today. What you learn, kid? I learned that when you type in the word lame into a YouTube search, the first hit is LaMelo Ball. What? Yep. The first. What you learn that from, kid? Research, baby. Research. <laughs> and I don't think it has anything to do with those being the first four letters of his name. I don't believe it. <laughs> the whole NBA is ready for the LaMelo Ball era. It's funny, this dude went from being like a late first round, early second round pick to a potential top five to now the like consensus number one. Uh, Most people think that he is the best option in the NBA draft, and I am not one of those people, man. I, for my money... Would probably take a bag of Fritos and a Mountain Dew over LaMelo Ball right now if I had the number one pick. I would just pass. I would probably trade out. Regular Fritos or Chili Cheese Fritos? Because <laughs> that makes like, like that makes a difference. Would the Chili Cheese do yeah, it for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, not. The, the, the joke there is that I would rather throw up into a bowl <laughs> and then have to eat my own throw up oh. than ever eating any kind of freedom. It's it's the truth, man. It's the truth. And That's speaking crazy. of throwing up in my own mouth, uh, I watched a lot of LaMelo Ball's highlights today. And I just, I don't see it, man. You I like what you see, dude? I, I liked some of the things I saw. I liked some of it. But the, those passes were good. You know, you got those no-look passes. You got those... Uh, those floaters, you know, but I also saw, but I also saw that shooting form, those crossed legs on that follow through, that that lack of defense uh, from this dude. I'm gonna read you some numbers real quick. These are some shooting percentages, and the NBL, our boy Lamelo, I almost called him Lamar, Lamar Ball, um, 25% from three. Mm. Uh, around a 37, 40 percentage from the field in general, and only 72% from the free throw line, dude. That's this is not that's a power forward or a, a center. That's uh, that's acceptable, right? If you're a big dude, I'll accept a 70% free throw percentage. But these things scare me. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is big for a guard. He's six seven. So I don't know. He, he gets he gets taller serious. every time anyone talks about him. He started at six <laughs> six. He's like Draymond Green. All right, so he's still a young buck, dude. He's having a growth spurt, dude. I, I'm not saying he won't grow because the same thing happened with Paul George, right? He was like six seven in college, and then by the time he was in his second or third year in Indiana, people were claiming he was a six ten shooting guard. I don't think he's no long. I think he is no longer six foot ten. I think people have have uh, been a little more honest about his height. Yeah. But this is like a Draymond Green situation. I have shared a basketball court with Draymond Green. All right? You know this. I was a manager for a basketball team in college. And we, for the Legends Classic, Toledo, we traveled up to Michigan State and got shit on by Draymond <laughs> Green's Spartans. That dude is not six foot seven. All right? He 
Draymond Green is maybe six foot seven wearing his mom's high heels, you know, which I don't know if he does that or not. I'd like to see the footage. But now I'm hearing all this talk about LaMelo Ball being a six foot eight point guard. And I'm like, where the. He is not six foot eight, man. He's six foot six, and I'll give you that. He is tall for a point guard, and that will definitely be to his benefit. He does throw a great long ball pass, right? He's got some good outlet passes, but he's like six foot six, 98 pounds, soaking wet with a rock in his pocket. And he's just, I don't know, man. He's, I've been, I've taken to call him Yeet Maravich because he's like Pistol Pete. If Pistol Pete got all sloppy, you know, and just had the, uh, the occasional pass that goes straight out of bounds. I just, I don't understand where the hype came from that made this guy the number one pick. Like the pass, they look cool. We've seen some. He looks good off a of pick and roll. He can throw a pass from pretty much any position. You know, we've seen some of the no looks, around this, the backs. This passing game is crispy as fuck. But that is it. You can't just do one thing. If you're, if you, okay, I take that back. You can do one thing in the NBA and be successful. That one thing has to be spot up three point shots, right? Like, look at Bruce Bowen. All right. He maybe played a little bit of defense, but. Vince Carter's been in the league an extra nine years because he can shoot threes now. You know, he's out here 55 years old still collecting a paycheck because he can hit some threes. But if the only thing that you have to threaten me with as a defense is your passing game, I'm just going to start looking for those passes and playing the passing lanes. And he takes a lot of risk. He's like, he's like a... A broke dick Brett Favre, you know, just out here, just slinging it. As long as the pass looks cool, he's going to give it a shot. I I don't know, man. I just, why, what what am I missing, Sean B? What do I not see that all these other brainiacs have LaMelo just ready? I feel like we've been here before. Were we not just here a few years ago with Lonzo? If somebody would tell me, I think LaMelo could contribute to an NBA team coming off the bench, I'd say for sure, yeah. But your number one pick, it needs to be a little more concrete to me. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I, I I am a pretty big believer in Melo, but I I think the reason why he's the number one projected pick is because I like a lot of it has to do with COVID. Um, there wasn't a tournament. Like, honestly, yeah, that's my honest opinion. Like, I don't think he's necessarily one number one pick material. And I like the guy. I think he's going to be a great player. But number the number one pick is pretty heavy. So, and there's other good players like Wiseman, Edwards. Like, but there's other, like, you know, your boy OB from Dayton. Like, there are some players I would honestly take above Melo if it was me making the decision. But if I was sitting at number six or number eight, you know, and all those players have been off the board and Melo's still sitting there. You know, trying to pass me a no look pass, bro. I'm, I'm probably gonna try to catch that. You know what I mean? And see what I can do with it. But overall, I mean, I think he's a great. I, I think he's. I don't think you give him enough credit, bro. You make him sound a little, a little more shitty than he really is. He's not shitty. He's not a bum. Like, he's gonna be fine. He's 19 years old, dude, and he's still. I think a lot of it too is people, Alonzo. You know, he's already had a ball brother make it to the NBA, and he wasn't what people thought he was going to be. Now, that's not saying Lonzo ain't a good player. I think Lonzo's a great role player, but he ain't the star everyone thought he was going to be. It's probably going to be a similar situation, but I think he'll contribute. 
I think, you know, he'll he'll turn into a really good game manager. You know, he's going to be that dude. He's going to be able to get those passes to the right places when they need to be. I mean, his shooting, I don't think he's necessarily going to need to have to shoot threes all the time. I think he's good because he's got a good floater. Like, his inside game is not bad. And if he can, you know, master that and make that more consistent, you know, up that percentage a little bit, like, I think he's going to be fine, dude. But, like, number one pick, yeah, it's 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 a little – especially seeing the, the stuff I saw today, I ain't going to lie to you. I was, I was a little – taken back just a bit. But overall, like, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be a top five pick. Um, number one, it's, it probably isn't going to happen. I think a lot of that just has to do with the lack of the gameplay, man. There was no tournament to really up anyone's stock. But Melo has been consistently – I think the brand, Melo the brand, is more of what's going to make him the number one pick than anything. Like, he's the one everyone's talking about. He's the name. He's the big name. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I still think it's incorrect. I think back to, like, you know, this could fall into the line of the Sam Bowie draft pick mm. when uh, someone decided. Sam someone Bowie in, don't care. Someone in Portland decided not to draft Michael Jordan because they had Clyde Drexler. Or maybe Darko Milicic. Remember, that guy. <laughs> Was all over sports media. He was going to be the next big thing. He was going to be the next Dirk Nowitzki. Man, he was going to be that dude. So much so that the Pistons took him over Carmelo. Now, I'm not saying that there's a Carmelo in this draft class. But what I'm saying is, if I had the first pick and this were my best option, I'm moving off from it. Because this is not first pick worthy. Um, Minnesota's in a weird spot because, you know, Wiseman, I think, is probably the best NBA prospect in the group, but the Timberwolves don't need that. And in, in, this were in the 80s or the 90s, sure, go ahead and draft another big guy, play him next to Anthony Towns and just run with it. You know, the Rockets did it, the Spurs did it. It's been done before. It's not going to work in the modern NBA. But neither is having LaMelo Ball and D'Angelo Russell work in the same backcourt. Everybody keeps telling me, well, D-Russ D plays more like a shooting guard. So just play him at shooting guard. And that's fine. But what does D'Angelo Russell do best? He runs the pick and roll best. He needs the ball in his hand to be successful, to make to make plays. So there's only one ball, um, pun not intended. And LaMelo doesn't seem to be able to create for himself. Uh, a lot of his – he's got a great handle for the modern NBA. I would say he carries about every other possession if, if – uh, if the NBA actually uh, followed that rule, adhered to that rule, enforced that rule of the carry, he'd be in trouble. But that's not a him issue. That's That's been long established in the NBA. They don't really care so much about that anymore. But he does a lot of side-to-side -side motion. He doesn't go anywhere. He's like that dude at the rec who crosses you up 15 times just to shoot a step back three. Like He goes nowhere with his dribble half the time. And... I I agreed with you. I agree with you on the sentiment of, you know, maybe he's still in the top 10. To me, the most attractive place, because, you know, I'm a big fan of narrative. So I'm a Pacers fan. We're not getting a title anytime soon. So I want the best stories in the NBA. I want the most entertainment for my dollar. And I think the most entertaining thing would be for LaMelo Ball to end up in New York. Um, there's talk that the Knicks may want to try to trade for Russell Westbrook because he has just made it clear that he wants out of Houston. Surprise, surprise. It's so crazy. 
there's an old proverb that says, if you go outside and everyone you meet today is an asshole, you're the asshole. And, and I don't think anyone ever told that to Russell Westbrook. Like, if you can't get along with Kevin Durant, you can't get along with James Harden, you can't get along with anybody so at any him time. So James actually beefing? Is that part of why he wants out? Is there like actual narrative to that? He says no, but there have been stories of when the Rockets were struggling, Russ called a team meeting, tried to hold himself accountable, go around the room, you know, this is what I could do better. And when it got to James Harden, that he was not very receptive of this um, and that he was a little jaded because it's his team, supposedly. Uh, again, somewhat un- of sus- not really substantial rumors. Um, like, there's no way, there's no evidence behind this. It's just what's being said. Gotcha. But, you know, uh, Russell just celebrated a birthday and the. You know, it was a uh, James Harden was a noticed absence from that birthday celebration. He was not there. These are supposed to be boys, right? They grew up together. They came up together. They were part of that little three that turned into a big three that Oklahoma never got to really take advantage of. And now Russell wants out. So, I mean, there's got to be a reason for that. Is it? I maybe it's not all James Harden, but there's something there that he doesn't want to be a part of. And the Knicks need to avoid this move at all costs because... You don't think a wrestler to the Knicks would be a good move? I think I would love it, personally. I would love it. He'll get the Knicks to the seventh seed in the East. I mean, Russell Westbrook and you and me and Newt Dog over here and, like, a couple of people that we just walk around the block and picked up, those, that five could make it to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference for sure. You know, we could... We could just call our aunts and uncles and get them on the squad, and we'll make the playoffs in the East. It's, it's terrible. But they have this pattern. The Knicks have this pattern going all the way back to Amari Stoudemire, including with Carmelo. Let's trade away all of our assets for a guy slightly past his prime who's a big draw, and then when that guy decides he's unhappy and wants to leave, we're left holding the bag. And so they, they didn't make any spends – they didn't make any big moves over the last couple of years with the anticipation of the 2021 free agency. You know, we're going to just collect assets. They Everybody they signed within the last couple of years has only been on a two-year deal. So you did all that with the idea of we're going to build something. So going out and making a trade, doing the same thing you've done over and over again that hasn't worked. I'll tell you what, R.J. Barrett looked hella good. For his rookie year. Like, I think I'm pairing Russell, Russell Westbrook with R.J. Barry, dude. That might be a little bit of a squad, for real. That might be a squad. It would it would certainly be entertaining. But to me, I think you could still get the same... Maybe not the same. You could get a similar draw by bringing LaMelo in in that spot. You yeah. know, at least then you get some entertainment value. Um, and he gets a chance to go somewhere where it's, it's kind of okay for him to be loose um, and just kind of play his his unique style of ball. And um, that would be where I would put him, would be in New York. If I got to be commissioner for a day and I could pull some uh, some Bud Selig moves or some David Stern moves, you know, back in the days when the commissioners were like running their secret shadow governments and rigging draft picks for the Knicks, um, I would I would have set it up so that way Lamelo can make it to New York, but I just I don't I don't see 
I don't see big things here. I think we are looking at Lonzo Ball 2.0. We're looking at a solid contributor, like you said before. I'm not saying he's going to be trash. What I'm saying is because of his because of where he's going to get drafted, he is going to be a bust because he's not we're not talking about well, would he, him being the 15th overall pick. We're, people are talking about he's going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of upside. I usually, if, if if I have the number one pick, I need a little bit more of a sure deal here yeah. than this guy who's balled out in Lithuania and did okay in the NBL. Like that, it's just not enough for me to say, oh yeah, here's the keys to the car, kid. You know, and we're going to bring you in and we're going to build around this. I just, I don't know. I think he has so much work he has to do. That jump shot is ugly, my dude. I showed you the footage. That jump shot is ugly. I can't even, like, really defend that. Because that shit is weak sauce for real. The leg cross, when the legs crossed, like he was holding it a piss, as you famously said. <laughs> I, I stole that from Ken. But it, it, it is what it looked like, though. Like, he just had to pee really bad, and the dude just, yeah, man, it was gross. And the way he's tried to counter it is to shoot a set jump shot, and it's sort of, you know, here's a deep track, some old school for you. For y'all that remember watching Jason Kidd shoot free throws, Jason Kidd notoriously would put one foot in front of the other. Very, very awkward free throw shot that he had. But his wrist and elbow, like his upper body, was right. And that's a very similar thing. Lamelo's upper body, it looks a lot better. If you look at some of those Chino Hill days, because you were talking about this before, he is young. And I think one of the problems was is when he was 14, 15 years old, he's out there shooting those volleyball line three-pointers, and he's got no choice but to put the ball up on his shoulder and fucking huck it, you know, like he's like it's a bowling ball or something. And, and, and so he's fixed that a little bit, but those legs, that shit's important. When his legs aren't crossed, he's landing with his toes pointed so far to the left, they're, they're facing the sideline. You know, his, his whole body's facing coach by the time he's released the ball. Which I don't understand it. Like, I, I was thinking that that has to be, probably, it's got to be a strength issue. Maybe just he's just not strong enough to shoot from the distance he's trying to shoot from. <laughs> but I think that'll improve. Um, but the form, I mean, people said the same shit about Lonzo's form. You know, coming in, and he got better. Now, granted, he's not a stroker. And he's not out here tearing it up, setting the world on fire from three. But you know, he's he gets it done. And but he's he's again he's a he's a game manager, dude. If you put him on a squad like Lonzo, since he's been in New Orleans, he's looked good. Like I I thought he looked great last year playing with Zion, dude. Like I was like, man. Like, I really had you looking at Lonzo a little bit differently, at least from my perspective. Because, I mean, I was felt like the rest of the world. He's L.A. straight boo-boo. But, you know, like he was also on the Lakers, which I can't imagine being the number. You draft the number two overall and you go to the Lakers. Like, same thing with probably New York, man. That's probably a lot of pressure. Like, I don't. I think it would be hard on anyone, especially being the hometown kid. I'm sure mentally it just wasn't a good place for him, dude. And you're not saying that that's the, you know, the reason why he stunk it up. As much as he did, I, I don't know. I'm not winning this fucking mind. I don't know what the dude was thinking. But, you know, from outside looking in, it's, I kind of see that, you know. And him being going to New Orleans with change scenery, like, it felt like a different Lonzo, dude. It felt like, okay, this is the Lonzo we were supposed to see. I feel like if Lonzo would have went, like, 12 overall or 15 overall, like, no one would have been calling him a bus. Everyone was like, yeah, that was a good pick. But the fact that he went so high, and this could happen too with Melo, like, you're not wrong. But, like, I, I think his ceiling – I think Melo's ceiling's a little bit higher than Lonzo's. 
Like, if if Lonzo and Melo were the same age and they were coming in at the same draft, I would take Melo above Lonzo. Reason being, I think Melo is a better passer. And then Lonzo's a great passer. But I think Melo is going to be a better passer. Like, he's, he's, he has that natural instinct, dude. Like, he just... It is so crispy. It's so smooth. It looks effortless. Like, I mean, he really is just a great passer. I think it's going to get better. Now, he has thrown some passes. When you showed me that stuff earlier, I'm like, dude, the one that went out of bounds, I'm like, oh, wow. And then you caught him meat. And I was like, well, shit. What can you say to that? But, yeah, got some meaty shit to do. Anyways, yitty yit, dude. <laughs> and, and he um, he does have good passing skills. But my thing is he tries to uh, – it's a lot of sizzle. And not much stake. And I, it's easier. I'm not going to say it's easy to do some of the things he does with the basketball because uh, get me a ball out in the driveway. I'm not doing any of that stuff. So it's not easy. What I'm saying is it's a lot easier to do these ball fake, no look, go around your back once and then go around your back again with the pass. It's easy to do that against high school kids and MBL kids and whoever the fuck plays basketball in Lithuania. All right? You are not getting away with that in the NBA. You're you're not pulling that shit off. There have been very few people who have done crazy stuff like that with the ball consistently and had it been actually productive for their team. Uh, the white chocolate comes to mind. Uh, Jay Williams. That or Jason Williams, not Jay Williams. There's two. You guys, you know who I'm talking about. If not, look it up. It'll be fun. Um, but it's not a. I don't think it's something that's scalable that you can expect him to be able to, to do those magic showtime like things uh, when there's nothing else. He's not a threat to do anything else at the moment. So maybe as he progresses, I see him as the reincarnation of Ben Simmons to where it's like, okay, he can't hit a shot. You know, he can do a lot of things, but at least, you know, Ben Simmons he's I think his, a little bit better was a little bit better of an athlete coming out and played a little bit better defense. The we were talking about the highlights. The highlights that got me the most was watching Lamelo's on the ball defense. Because that's another thing we talk about. Lonzo. Lonzo's a good defender. He's not a great defender, but he's a good. He'll check you. He'll get in your ass. Yeah. Lamelo half those drives we saw people taking him off the dribble and he put both arms behind his back to avoid a reach. He's not even trying to slide out in front. He's not trying to take a charge. He's afraid of the contact. And he's just letting people blow right by him. He sees a screen coming, and he just stands up and takes it. He doesn't try to fight through a screen. Doesn't try to fight under a screen. He just he looks lost out there sometimes, yeah. both on the ball and off the ball defensively. <clears throat> That's a huge liability. If you're going to be that defensive liability, if you're going to be James Harden on defense, you need to be James Harden on offense, or there's not going to be a place for you in this league. I think that'll 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 get fixed with coaching. Well, like with some good coaching, I think he'll be good. Like. You can defense defensive that defensive aspect of the game. I feel like isn't that hard to learn. Like once you've like once he finds his groove offensively and he can put a lot more focus in defense, the side of the game. I think it'll be fine. Like now it's gonna take some work. Don't get me wrong. It ain't gonna be no walk in the park. But I feel like once he gets comfortable, he's on the team, it may not be the first season, shit, it might not even be the second season, but I feel like once he hits like, you know, 20, 21, 22, <clears throat> he'll be at a point where like, he'll be playing solid defensive, like defense. He ain't going to be getting, you know, he ain't going to be no glove, you know what I'm saying? He ain't going to be getting like, 
15 steals a game or no crazy shit. Like, it's not going to happen, but I think we'll get to a solid seven. Or, you know, he'll average like seven steals, something like that. I could see that. That's happen. a lot of steals. but It is, but I think you I think you could do it. Well, maybe not seven, and that's quite a bit. But four <laughs> or five, <laughs> I'll take four or five steals. You, I, can get, you can average me four, bro, I'm good with you. If you're at least checking people, if you're making people shoot contested shots, you know what I'm saying? You can at least check them before they get in the lane, things like that. I think it'll be fine. And that pick and roll stuff you were talking about too, he's, he's got to definitely fight around that. Like he is just kind of giving up. And I saw some stuff where people were blowing by him. I'm like, damn, dude, I played better defense than that. And I ain't even played varsity basketball, dog. I was a scrub. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I could have played a little better D than that. That's look looks like the freshman team type stuff, yeah, but that was rough. Dude. Yeah, and you know it's it's very interesting. Again, I I think he's gonna be serviceable. He's gonna be useful. But you keep using this term game manager, and I think it's a fitting term. But I also counter, and here I'm I'm mixing genres. Here I'm going to a different sport, but you know Alex Smith. Was the last game manager I've seen get drafted first overall, and his career has gone just okay. And yeah, uh, it's it's a thing. Yeah, the ceiling is very high, and I get that. I understand that if it does work with Melo, it could be something great. But they said the same thing about Big Country Bryant Reeves, and potential is just a fancy word, fancy way of saying you haven't done anything yet. So he's got a lot of potential. That's great. A lot of people have a lot of potential. I'm not banking the the future of my franchise on potential alone. I need to you need to be able to add real world value to me now. So I I agree. I think this guy, I think they had it right the first time. He should be a mid to late first round pick. He should go somewhere where the expectations are low cuz that's something we haven't quite talked about yet that I think will benefit LaMelo is that LeVar has shut the fuck up this time around. Nobody not hearing anything about. He did say the Melo's the number one. He did say that recently, but he hasn't been hyping it like he was with Lonzo. Like he hasn't been all in the media like he was. I will give him that. But he has openly said he thought that Melo was going to move. He's a pageant dad, you know. He's one of those like just just shut up, dude, and let your kids be their own person. Like if that if Levar Ball was my dad, I would. Not be a huge fan. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad parent. I have no room to say anything like that. From all accounts, he's taking care of his kids. They drive fucking Lambos and shit. So, I mean, they they haven't gone hungry a day in their life. And he has taken care of them. But at the same time, he's living vicariously through them. Saying, you know, you remember the stupid shit he said. Talking about how he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one even though... LeVar's former basketball coach said he didn't have much of an offensive game at all. And he's out here talking about how he could beat Michael. He's We average like two points a game in college. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, we can't really. That's not the kind of heat you want to bring to the table, my dude. That's that's like not even heat at all. Those are Skip Bayless numbers, dude. (laughs) Jeez. Two points a game. You cannot come out here with all that. And so. so, He was making one basket a game, dude. Terrible. Talking about how you're going to beat the greatest to ever do it. Oh, my goodness. Or at least one of the greatest to ever do it. That's Kirk Kev, I think you would have fucking took his cookies in a one-on-one game, dude. I'm out here, and that was a joke I was going to make earlier. You, you, I think you give me a week in the gym, and I would beat LaMelo Ball in a three-point shootout. <laughs> that shooting, that form is just atrocious, man. That is so bad. 
but uh, to concede a point, which I don't like to do, uh, it's the ugliest jumper I've seen since Sean Marion. But Sean Marion is proof that if you practice your weird-ass-looking jump shot enough and it becomes what's natural to you, you can consistently knock down shots. That dude with his little weird flick of the wrist, yeah. like pulling his hands back, it was a... Go watch some Sean Marion highlights if they're those of you too young to, to have ever seen him in his prime. But it's it's bad, and I it's not where I would want to start. It's not where I would put my money for the number one pick. So, you know, my my prediction here for this is if he gets lucky, he will be lucky if he slides in the draft. That's what I think. The best thing that could happen to LaMelo is for him to slide a little further back to hopefully – I know the Knicks are fun for me, right? That's a selfish pick. I'd like to see him go there because the 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 Knicks need the NBA would be better if the Knicks were relevant somehow, some way. They need to be relevant. The, these big names, these big market. There's a reason Yankee jerseys sell. There's a reason Patriots jerseys sell. You know, these leagues perform better when the big markets have something to talk about. Right. So, but what's best for his game uh, would be go. Go to somewhere like Utah, you know, go to Milwaukee, go somewhere where you're not going to have to deal with the bright lights and the pressure of being a top three pick right. and then have sort of the, the renaissance for lack of a better term that Lonzo had, you know, he could go straight to flying under the radar a little bit, catching people off guard. But I, I don't know. I see this guy as a serviceable backup. Uh, he's really he's kind of like your boy Ricky Rubio to me. He's sort of like yeah he's gonna handle the ball. He could run. He can run an offense. I assume he's gonna make some passes. But yeah, I, you're watching guys in the NBL. He takes them off the dribble. They they back up. They they go to the rim. They're like dude, shoot a mid range jumper. Please shoot that mid range jumper. And as you said, the floater's good. And Tony Parker is proof that you can be a point guard and you can you can hurt people with that floater. I mean if you can perfect a floater you're gonna do some damage but his floater is good it's far from perfect and again you gotta have more you gotta be able to bring some variety to the offense so I'm I'm sticking with it here I'm saying this guy is gonna be a good six man I think that's about as 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 high as his ceiling will actually get all potentials to the side at the end of the day, I think we're going to have a great bench player out of LaMelo Ball. What do, what do you got? What, what do you think five years from now or when it, you, you pick a time, what, what do you think LaMelo will be able to accomplish in the league? I mean, I think Melo's going to be an all-star, dude, quite frankly. Like, I think he's going to be an all-star. I would even go as far as saying I'd even be able to make a little friendly SBS wager with you, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm always on it for a wager. So, rookie year. Melo's going to average a triple-double, dude. I'm saying it right now. Triple-double points, assist, rebounds. I thought you were going to say steals. I, I, thought, you were, I thought you were going to double I, down. I wanted, I wanted to say it just because, but no, I, I can see him rebound. He's, he's tall for a point guard. He's got that height advantage on other point guards. So I can see him maybe sneaking in a, a double on some rebounds, dude. So, yeah, I think he's going to have a triple-double. And I would even go as far as saying he's going to do that off the bench, bro. Okay, now this is this is you know, and I was I was almost ready to give you some credit because the short term history. Our last debate was on Baker Mayfield, and 
you have looked more correct than I have on that one so far. I still think at the end of the day, that's going to be a debate that I eventually win. We'll see. What, Baker? Yeah. He he balled out. The, like the very next day, he went out and made me look like an idiot. But, you know, playing against the Bengals defense will do that for you. Um, it's But triple doubles, I don't know, man. That's only only two people in the history of the NBA have done it. And those dudes are those dudes are Hall of Famers. I mean, Russ Westbrook is not a Hall of Famer yet. Love him or hate him, there's a lot of people on both sides of that. He averaged a triple double for three years in a row, basically by kind of <laughs> stealing rebounds from teammates and being way more focused on his own performance than he was with team success. But he managed to get that team to the playoffs all three of those years. That's a tall order. I is I, I think he'll average his first double double. By maybe year four or five, uh, maybe if he ever averages a double double. Cave, cave, you talking crazy talk, dude? Hey, I, he's this guy is like if you took Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz and put them together. Oh man, dude, you got my cash app information, right? Yeah. Oh, we I putting mean, we putting money on the no, table. You want to send me five dollars for gas for wasting my gas? Come over here and watch you talk this craziness about Melo, dude. This is crazy, dude. Next time I want my gas money. <laughs> you like, won't pay it up front. I was just fucking with you, but no, dude. I mean, I, I know I'm kind of shooting in the dark, but I do have confidence in my boy Melo, dude. I think it's gonna be all right. And if he don't get a triple double, he's at least gonna get a double double. He's getting doubles, dog. He's getting doubles and points and definitely assists. But I'm gonna stick to my guns on the triple. I'm gonna say rebounds. All right. Fuck it, I'm that kind of guy. I feel like gambling today, dude. I'm feeling in my Vegas mood today. I'm going to put my balls on the table. You want to see my balls? I hear they are, okay? Look at my balls on the table. You like them? I named him. He named him Mello and Anzo. <laughs> the ball brothers. His, his ball brothers. Yeah, it's my ball brothers. Well, that, I I can't top that. And I, I don't know. I think there's nothing else really left to be said. We've, we've drawn our line in the sand. T-Wolves, if you're listening to me. Grab someone else. They need to trade out. That, that's the thing. Like, if he's going to go number one, it should not be to T. Wills, dude. It's not going to work with it just ain't. Russ. With, with Russ. And then, yeah, it's just, just, it sounds gross to me. I don't even think it sounds right. They just don't even have a ring to it. Like, now, granted, it's one of those small market teams that, in, ideally, it wouldn't be a bad spot for them necessarily as far as the market goes. But if you're coming in as the number one pick, though, that's yeah, a whole other fucking, you know, whole another game of pressure. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to come into Minnesota as the number one. Yeah. Because you got people eyeing you like, oh, well, Ryan Mello. Especially if they bent, like, especially if they do start him off coming off the bench. Like, if he's, like, Russell's backup. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... I don't think it makes Bro, sense. Bro, if your first overall pick's coming off the bench, then you know you made the wrong pick with the yeah. first overall pick. Unless you're in like a, you know, the Warriors situation where you have the number two pick even because your whole team was injured and you had one bad season, but you're actually pretty stocked. Right. Because that, that would, not, would not work. And you've already got jabronis on Twitter talking about how because the T-Wolves now have Russ, D-Russ, sorry, and Catman, that with this first pick, that they're a playoff team now. We have people out there with a serious face saying that the 20-win Timberwolves 
are going to be a playoff conference, not in the East, mind you. This is a Western Conference team because they have this first overall pick, and that is insane. That's retarded. And you're, I agree with you on that point. The Warriors are not the only team that should trade down. The Warriors really want to trade down because, well, they are the ones stuck holding the bag for that Andrew Wiggins contract, and they do not want it. And they actually have some players that they feel that they could grab. They could grab. They could grab in that you know 13 to 18 range. That would really complement what they want to do. And then they can say, oh, here's our second pick. You know how that's that's rough when you're willing to give up the second pick just so you can salary dump a guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's 25. He's got a chance, but. Is it just me or is Andrew Wiggins kind of a scrub? I felt like he's always – I felt like his name was always bigger than his game. He's the quietest 20 points in the league. Like – Because he'll, he'll, he'll put some numbers up, yeah. but they don't seem to have much of an effect. Right. You know, it's sort of like like we were talking about before we some logged on. It's, time it's some of that – yeah, some of that Lamar Odom with the Clippers or Chris Bosh with the Raptors numbers. Like It's, it's a 48-minute game, dude. Somebody has to score. Yeah. You know, it, so you can – you can score 20 on any given night, but especially when you're playing on a team. Now, that's the thing. If he had played with Clay and Steph while they were healthy, yeah, he might have been he might have been a serviceable third option because you got to guard you got to sag off somebody, and you're damn sure not leaving Steph or Clay to guard Wiggins. Yeah. So it's like your boy Andre Iguodala, dude. Like he was a stud when he was playing with them boys in their prime. You know, everyone was healthy. Like you know, he looked like. Prime Iguodala, dude. He was looking hella good now when they had their little run. like, So it would be a similar situation, possibly, but I don't know. I just don't think I liked him motherfucker, for real. I, 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 don't, I don't know. You ready to write he him He kind of did me dirty on my Minnesota Timberwolves 2K13 dynasty, dude. He was a scrub. And, yeah, I had him starting for me and everything, and he just wasn't putting up numbers, dude. You know who was playing better for me in that dynasty? Zach LeVon, dude. Oh, gosh. That was yeah. my number one, dude. I took my boys to the playoffs, though. Hey, I, the Montreal Expos, I'll give you something that you want. <laughs> Can't, yeah. Cannot wait. You know, one of these days, we'll have to get that back on a stream. We're going to have to get get the dynasties rolling again, get some gameplay. But you you heard it here 31st, guys. We are, we're definitely not the first ones to call this out. But... The future will, no matter what, I will say this for LaMelo. This is how, this is my, how I'll close, I guess. No matter what, win, lose, or draw, it will be very entertaining to watch the career of LaMelo Ball unfold. That much I will give. And that's what, that's what's most important to me, right? And in a, in a world where I was unfortunate enough to have been born and raised in Indiana, I wasn't born in Indiana, I'm fortunate enough to be raised in Indiana to where my favorite teams are never going to do much of anything, at least the story is going to be good. So yeah. we'll take that. I'm sorry, but I have one more question for you before we wrap this up. I'm actually dying to know this. I'm kind of mad I didn't ask you this before now, but how would you feel if Melo slid back so far that like the Pacers were able to swoop? If he went to your boys, like how would you feel about that? Do you think it would be a good fit? Like How, how do you see that working it out? What's to happen? I'll address that on two fronts. Number one, I think even if he slid that far, he would not get picked by the Pacers because they went and spent some money on Malcolm Brogdon. So they they have, I believe they have what they want from the point guard position. Um, and they tend to do a pretty good job of drafting. So I think if he slid down, I, I don't think that's where he would go. 
if he went there, I wouldn't be terribly upset about it, but I would not be excited about it by any means. Uh, because again, I just he doesn't fill any gaps for that team. Um, should I'd rather I'd rather see them run it back with Brogdon and T.J. McConnell as his backup than than have Lamelo there. I mean, even if Sticky Vicky gets what he wants and gets traded, you know, by all means, I think the Pacers should trade him, and I'll talk about that at a future date. But I would be a little disappointed because you're bringing the circus to town in a place where the circus isn't needed. Outside of of COVID. The Pacers are actually usually kind of close to the middle of the pack, but they are always in the top half of the league in attendance because much like Kentucky, you know, Indiana is a basketball state. So the support, we show up for Pacers. Like we'd, even when there was the malice in the palace and there were only seven people on the whole roster after Ron Artest and... Jermaine O'Neal were throwing haymakers. You remember all that way yeah, back in the day? Yeah, sure do. They were rolling out a G League squad, and and people still showed up. You know, so the the Pacers don't need the big ticket name. It, it would generate maybe some jersey sales or something. Maybe it could help them in the long run. But I would not be a fan. And I'm going to pose the exact same question to you, knowing that. Your boy D. Booker really wants to win. He really wants to win sometime soon. Um, and considering your, I'll call it a corner turning on your opinion of pretty Ricky Rubio, how would you feel, same question, if Phoenix had an opportunity to get LaMelo, would you want that for your squad? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, my, my, my thing is this. Um... It'd be keep Ricky Rubio. Because I'll be honest with you, I'd rather us draft Melo than pick up, like, do a trade for Chris Paul. For, like, I don't want to see Ricky Rubio go. And I, I did, I'm never, you know this better than anyone. I'm never like this dude. And when he first, when I first heard he was going to Phoenix, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I was not happy about Saw it. Saw it live. Yeah. Yeah. You Can't know? confirm. And yeah. So I was not a fan at all. But the dude. He did. Uh, he did a good job this year, man. Like he really did help the team take a big step forward. Now, with that said, um, he he is getting older. You know, he is. I mean, I don't know how many, how much more he has in the tank. You know, he's still playing at a high level. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's gonna be like a scrub next year or nothing like that. But I think what we should do is keep Ricky, let his contract play out. I want to say we got him for another two or three years or something like that. You know, they signed him for a pretty hefty contract, so. Keep him, draft someone like Melo who's younger, and use him to develop. You know what I'm saying? Like, let him come off the bench. Let him die. I wouldn't start him right away. Like, I wouldn't if he, if he goes to Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like his best bet is to come off the bench. I think he would do hella damage coming off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would be great. He would be a great person to have to replace, like, to sub for Ricky. Because Ricky brings that same passing dynamic to the starting five. If you have someone like Melo coming off the bench that can do that for the bench squad, then you have a constant game manager in the game no matter what, any way you cut it. Like, I feel like that's going to only benefit you. And plus having Monty Williams now as a coach, like, I think he could really do a great job coaching Melo up. I, I would agree with that. I, I'm a big fan of Monty Williams. I think there's few people in this league that he couldn't coach up. So I, I would give you that. 
But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take him again. I mean, I wouldn't trade up for him. But if he fell to Phoenix, I don't know what pick they have. I think it's like 12 or 13 or something. It's not, it's like middle of the pack. You know what I'm saying? So, if he fell to him, that, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There have been rumors that he's that he has tanked a few interviews with some of the higher draft pack, draft pick teams such as the his his interview with the Warriors allegedly did not go very well. Oh really? And so there were some rumors that he was maybe doing that on purpose so that he could slide slide and and go somewhere else. Uh, I don't think that's true and I couldn't find a reason as I thought about it. I was trying to think of what what would be, you know, key bono, who benefits? What why would you do that? What would be his end game? to make himself slide. I think, I mean, this is the fun. It, it, speculation city for the next few weeks. I mean, the draft is in four days and yeah. free agency starts on the first. So it's going to be, I mean, yeah, perfect. I'm so happy all this stuff is happening. I don't even need presents this year. Like yeah, it, the NBA pumped, is my Christmas present this year. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm, oh, I'm so it's pumped. coming up. Yeah. And what I think the big takeaway for you, the listener, should be is neither of us really wants LaMelo on our favorite team. So if that is not a ringing endorsement for him not being the number one pick, I don't know what is. I rest my case. Sean B., do you have any parting words for our lovely people at home? Love y'all. Stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. That's really all I got for you right now. Bang, bang. And I hope to God you are not still on your smoke break at work because we are running on 45 <laughs> minutes, you guys. This so is like a lunch break sports. Exactly. <laughs> this is lunch break sports. It was close to a weekender, um, but we'll, we'll see you then. Uh, find us on the internet at Smoke Break Sports. Sometimes Man, I'm on Instagram. Wait. I very rarely tweet, but if you tweet at me, I'll, I'll see it. So. Come at me, bro.